My friends, last Wednesday, Vladimir Putin announced that Russian civilians would be drafted to bolster forces in the unpopular war in Ukraine. Almost immediately, the Kremlin faced widespread objections. On Friday, the Russian Ministry of Defense announced that citizens with higher education would be exempt from the draft, especially those in telecommunications, information technology, banking, and systematically important media companies. When I heard the news, I immediately flashed back on 1968, when I and hundreds of thousands of others then graduating from college were in danger of being drafted into the Vietnam War. Most of us thought the war was insane and unjust. Many of us demonstrated against it. Some burnt our draft cards. The handful of us who had been awarded Rhodes Scholarships for study at Oxford negotiated with our draft boards seeking graduate deferments. Bill Clinton got his by signing a letter of intent to join the Reserve Officers Training Corps after Oxford. On December 3rd of our second year there, after Bill drew a sufficiently high draft lottery number to ensure he wouldn't be drafted, he wrote a letter to Colonel Eugene Holmes, the head of ROTC at the University of Arkansas, essentially withdrawing from the program. Because Bill's decision and letter would become controversial 23 years later when he ran for president, I'm reproducing it on this page. I can't help but wonder whether it expresses the sentiments of young Russians now facing Putin's draft. As for me, I had read the Selective Service's physical requirements for being drafted, which clearly set the minimum height at five feet. So at four foot 11 inches, I assumed I wouldn't make the grade. In August of 1968, just before setting sail for England, I decided to get the matter officially out of the way. I was working in Berkeley, California at the time, and went over to the Oakland Induction Center, which had been the scene of some violent anti-war protests, to receive my 4F classification, unfit for military service. The center was almost empty when I arrived. An examining sergeant sitting at a desk at the end of the corridor caught sight of me. Hey, he shouted, beckoning me. Just what we've been waiting for. Uh, sorry, sir? I asked as I reached his desk, hoping I had misheard. My heart raced. Is he joking? You're perfect, he said, smiling broadly and standing up as if he, as if to give me a bear hug. A tunnel rat, he said. A what? Oh, we need shorties like you to go into tunnels under the rice paddies, smoke out the Kong with grenades. I saw my life pass in front of me. Let's just measure you. He asked me to strip down to my underwear and socks and then ushered me to the measuring stand about ten feet away. He turned me so I was looking outward, away from the vertical measure. Just stand up very straight, he said in a somber tone as he slid the horizontal metal strip down to the top of my head. I couldn't see the measurement, but I could hear my heart pounding. 
In his enthusiasm for tunnel rats, would he declare I was five feet, regardless of my one-inch deficiency? There was a long pause that seemed to last for eternity. His large hand came down on my shoulder as he ushered me off the platform. I'm sorry, son, he said solemnly. Sorry? Was he sorry I was heading under the rice paddies with hand grenades? Or sorry I wasn't? Oh, my God, could it be that I was just over four foot eleven inches by enough of a fraction that he could claim I was five feet? I suddenly remembered that the Army height regulation allowed examining sergeants to round up or down. If this sergeant rounded up, I'd be down under the rice paddies with grenades. Forget Oxford. Hell, forget life. So, I said, trying to hide the tremor in my voice, what, uh, what's the measure show? He frowned. You're just too short. I was tempted to let out a yell, but stopped myself for fear he'd take offense and draft me out of spite. So I simply nodded and said, okay, trying my best to act disappointed. But, son, shit, was I too disappointed? Was he going to round up out of sympathy? Don't give up hope, he smiled. Maybe you'll grow. I looked at him with a silly grin. A second later, he let out a loud guffaw, probably relieved I wasn't upset by his lame attempt at humor. And then I felt my own relief overwhelm me, the unmitigated joy of having my life back. And I laughed, too. We both laughed, and laughed, and laughed, out of a sense of relief that both of us felt for totally different reasons. That's the image I'm left with now, 56 years later. The two of us, the examining sergeant and me, doubled up, there in the Oakland Induction Center, while tens of thousands of young Americans, most of them without college degrees, and hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese, were being slaughtered for no good reason.